welcome. This is Embodied Millions, Danielle Margraf. I'm really excited you're here. I am really excited that this week we are talking to Joy Buffalini, who is the founder of Simplify to Multiply. And I, one of the things we were just riffing before we even came live. And one of the things that, well, she has, I feel like so much wisdom to share as a seven figure or more, multiple seven. Business owner. And, you know, this whole idea of, and we were just talking about how, you know, a lot of things that we talk about on the podcast, which is embodying this version of ourselves in order to be able to attract and hold and receive and generate and circulate at the million dollar mark or more. Um, and so, Without further ado, I just want to sort of hand it over to you because I feel like you are, you're a mom, you're a mom of a special needs daughter, you're a wife, you have built this seven figure business. And I mean, besides the fact that you're trying to balance all of this and do it sanely, I think in and of itself is success, right? Like if we even just take away the number, Mm -hmm. I think it's like, Right. So I just want to highlight you and, and, and give us all your wisdom. So, um, why don't you share what you do and who you are and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'm really passionate about this, just like you are and jump back, you know, 10 years in my money story. And it was just completely different in my identity and beliefs around money. So how that, how, how having a business has given me the opportunity to evaluate and shift that. And oh my goodness, like a 10 X more abundant life. And I'm not talking about money when I say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I help women to simplify their business so they can multiply their results. I help them focus on the key things that'll move the needle forward for them faster without overworking and really this philosophy of keeping it simple, which was how I finally scaled my business after five Mm -hmm. years, not making very much money. And that Mm -hmm. was not just a strategy problem. I was overcomplicating things. It also was a money and receiving issue that I had going on as well. And as you shared, you know, having having, I have three kids, they're twin, um, my twins, they're 22 now, my youngest is 20. So we're in a different phase of life. But when I was starting my business, you know, they were younger teenagers and my daughter, you know, still to this day, you know, requires a hundred percent care, you know, diapering, complete physical care. Um, she's our sweetheart. She is like been blessed to stay at like an 18 month year, 18 month old level, like intellectually. Mm. So she has this beautiful presence and she has this this innocence about her. Like she doesn't not like anybody. She loves everyone. She's just in love with the world all the time. It's just a beautiful Mm, thing. (laughs) Yeah. But she was really the impetus for me to actually start thinking differently and question. That's why I never went back to teaching. I'm a former teacher. And suddenly when you have a child that, you know, needs all of these, has all of these needs, like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not going back to that. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, just going, she was the impetus for me to do start doing my own personal development work. Like I really, I was really a novice in this. So, but when you have something traumatic, like she almost died multiple times in her early years, you start reevaluating everything. You start questioning, what do I believe? Who am I? Why am I here? Why did this happen? You know? So that's really, that whole journey is what took me into the world of coaching, which I'm so thankful for. And, you know, then trying to grow and grow your business and trying to make money, 
again, it, it makes you go deep, sometimes go low. <laughs> I remember one day in my kitchen, this is probably like four years in, this is probably like 2015, you know, we had an island in the kitchen. I had literally had my head down on my arms on the kitchen counter. It was late at night. I'm like, I'm such a loser because we had $70,000 in debt. You know, mm. but that was medical bills, sure, and magical thinking and hoping things would work out and magically thinking my business would start making money. <laughs> and when I didn't even realize I like really wasn't ready to receive more money. So it really, so, you know, most of us, like when we're not making the money we want, what do we do first? Well, let's go do another strategy. Let's go try something else and we go take more actions, right? Mm-hmm. But when that doesn't get you anywhere, it's like, okay, wait, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. And that's when I had the opportunity, I came across a few books and a few leaders in this area of like, oh, money, money. And I have a dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so as we were talking earlier, Danielle, you know, really recognizing like, oh, well, this makes sense. Like, I want to make money, but I never made more than a teacher. That was my highest paying job ever. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. That's a I very specific a identity. It's mm-hmm. a very specific cap on what you're you know, allowed to have. Um, it's it's very much tied to like somebody else deciding your own worthiness. I mean, teachers are underpaid anyway. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that aside, um, and I, and honestly, I I also realized like when I went to college, you know, you fill out the college applications and scholarships, and you're I remember seeing a form where my dad was the main income earner. Like I saw what he made $40,000, like was what he made when I went to college, you know, we were Mm. very, very middle-class, but Mm -hmm. I I didn't realize how that was stuck in my head too. Like Mm. I can't make more than my dad ever did. I mean, really? Mm. So there was a lot of like male, female thing in here too, you know, Mm. like, can I be a, I didn't know any women. Actually, when I thought about it, I didn't personally know any women who made great money. Like, mm. uh, so just really going here and starting to do this exploration of like my beliefs and identity and, you know, just the societal of this, of what I was in, you know, and starting to rethink this um, was really the impetus that started me to be able to start making money a lot more quickly. So you said something that I keep sort of like hanging on to. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. there's something here that wants yeah. to be right, really mm-hmm. exposed or expressed, which yeah. is this idea that you right? like, I think so many people and so many people listening struggle with their relationship with money, right? Like, I just think that I, yeah. and the way I, the way I sort of think about that is I think there's usually three main wounds that masquerade as the money wound that aren't really about money at all, but we project a lot onto money because money's innocent, right? It it is. It's neutral. neutral. It's just numbers. (laughs) (laughs) You're exactly right. You do a lot of projection and, and collectively we live Mm -hmm. in such a lack scarcity sort of consciousness that we, it's easy to blame money, not enough money, all those things. Yes. But one yeah. thing that you said was that your ability to receive was mm-hmm. very limited. Yeah. And I feel like I want to know, and I'm sure I speak for everyone listening, how did you, or what happened or what was like the one thing, or and I know you t- talked about identity too. Yeah. How did you 
allow or enable yourself to open up, I call it like a prosperity portal Mm. where you just open up the hose and instead of drip, 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 it like starts to gush. So what, what was that for you? What was that turning point for you? It was around rituals and intentionality. So, Mm. you know, you can't change a relationship with someone if you're not spending time with them. And I was total avoidance with money. Like, you know how when everything came as bills in the mail back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, like I let them pile up because I didn't want to look, right? I wanted to avoid it. Didn't want to check the bank account because that would, that would you know, cause me some anxiety. Didn't want to face it. So starting to create some rituals and some intentionality, like I'm going to look at my, I'm going to look at, open this mail. I'm going to look at this every Tuesday and Friday. Mm. And just whatever it is and, and, and get myself in a good place too. like not half-ass do it, do it with intentionality, you know, mm-hmm. and not have like other things going on to just be at my desk. Okay. You know, just like, and, and that's when, like you said, I started seeing like, this is just a piece of paper, mm-hmm. this is just a number. Yeah. You know, I used to mm. teach middle school math, you know, oh. neutral. <laughs> Right. I knew this, like, it's mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not jumping out and attacking me. Although I treated it, treated it as if it was going to. Right. So I think it takes, it brings, like you said, a lot of projections and a lot of other fears that were mm-hmm. hiding behind those numbers. Mm-hmm. Realizing that like, this is just a piece of paper. I am safe. Right. I'm not being killed. I'm not being hated on, Yeah, <laughs> you know, that everything's okay. Um, and then checking my bank account regularly. So I would, you know, just have it, I literally have it as a reminder in my phone. I know that sounds kind of funny, but just like, so it was like my commitment, like 8.30 every morning, like kids were all out the door. I had been able to take care of myself. Like, let's log in, you know, and just where are we at? Do I need to move anything around? And in just that ritual of like reinforcing safety, if there was five dollars, mm. but there was five hundred dollars in there, I am safe. Everything's mm. okay. So it took away a lot of the angst that was actually just created in my mind. All mm-hmm. those stories, I could start to actually see them. And then the other thing I started doing was again, um, you know, if you have a dysfunctional relationship with someone, like you've got to have communication. So I started communicating, like writing dear money letters. <laughs> Yeah, I love you know, that. Dear mm-hmm. money, you know, and like start saying like, here's my complicated feelings and blah, blah, blah. like it just got it out of my head and created yeah. a structure to it of like, you know, this is okay, you know? And and then I started again, like I'd only had negative examples of people that had money and I started actively seeking like people who had money and were doing good things and were good people. And I started mm-hmm. to realize like, look at all the things, good things they're doing that they wouldn't be able to do some of these without having money. Right. Mm-hmm. And there were things that I wanted to do for our family. I wanted my son to be able to go to private school because of his learning challenges. You know, I wanted my other son to be able to go to camp. So he had that structure and that, you know, and this thing and things that were good for our family. And it just, mm-hmm. wait a second, I want more money because I want more good things right? Mm-hmm. Good things for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think the other side of that is integrity. You know, as part of the fears are, am I going to turn into a different person? What will happen if I start making more money than Brian, my husband? 
Mm. It happened. We crossed that bridge that, and I didn't realize that was when I was a little like, is it going to change us? You know, are we, are, yeah. are we still have the same relationship, you know? Um, and there were little like in the kitchen about something stupid power struggles, you know, I'm like, ah. this is money. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> right? You know, cause it was a new identity for me. Right. Yeah. And realizing that I could, I could be self-sufficient. I could take care of this whole family with the money I make now, you know, as we were right. going 2017, 2018. And so it really changed a lot of dynamics, but in a good way, it was actually yeah. really healthy for our relationship, but it started with that, those rituals and being very intentional about looking at it, which, which started to take away the anxiety that was really baked into any time I thought or looked at money. <laughs> and so you mentioned that you had this debt. And so really <laughs> forcing yourself to look at yeah. the, and using these rituals and practices yes. and being very intentional mm-hmm. was sort of, I the way I hear it is like, you're diffusing the bomb of right. The, that, yeah. that fight flight, exactly. right. Like avoidance. Yeah. How did you, did that directly relate to how much started coming in? Mm, yeah, it definitely did. Like it, there was, there was an integration period there for sure of like, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like, can you, can you speak on? Cause I feel like yeah, when we even get to like six figure, so under six figure, I feel like with the way I think of it as business, yes. like practicality wise yes. is anything under six figures, you need to be studying and learning selling. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like selling, selling, selling mm-hmm. is what you need to study the skill of you know, sharing and relationships and how do you mm. share and what's the sure. language to share. There's That's a lot what to I learn sort of, there. Yeah. Right. And then to me, I think when you're scaling from a hundred to multi-six, there's this sense of being able to bring on people to help you to learn yeah. how to delegate, to start yeah. to learn how to lead a little bit um, in a different way, because you have to exactly. give up some control there. Yeah. <laughs> totally. They're alone. Right. Yeah. And then like, you know, creating maybe um, offerings that is, mm-hmm. is more than just one-on-one because we're yeah. in the service industry. Exactly. So I'm talking specifically to that, you yeah. know, building community, like all mm-hmm. those things. So many but different. I do, but I do mm-hmm. believe that there is a sort of point from multi-six to seven mm-hmm. that feels like all of a sudden, like it's zero to a hundred again. <laughs> <laughs> it is, there is to a certain extent. And there's a much bigger, like I hear people saying, oh, six and seven figure business owners. I, you know, like maybe somebody was like, I help, you right. know, I scale you to six and seven figures. I'm like, right. There's what is freaking $999,000 difference between. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, what does it feel like? What does yeah. it mean? Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, I just yeah. look at it as more circulation. Yes. Right. Yeah. But on the yeah. other hand, I think we all look at it outside looking in as we've made it. Yeah. That you yeah. get to the million and we've made it and we'll rest when we get there. Mm-hmm. And we'll sort of like when we yeah. get there, we're going to be in utopia. Yeah. And then but I don't know that that's necessarily true. For some people, it's not. So I, I definitely know some seven-figure business owners, and I've coached some who behind the scenes, it's a mess, and they just have not learned the CEO skill, and somehow they've sort of you know, been able to make it work, but they don't enjoy it anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm so passionate about helping women to intentionally build their business. And I think yeah. I, I sort of was an unconscious competent at this. And I think it's really because I had a daughter with so many extra needs. Like I cannot build this, this, you know, this beast of a business, right. Or, or as I call it a burnout business model, because I, I have to be very intentional about it. So I think I've been kind of lucky. Like I've kept it simple each step of the way and really been able to see, no, not that, no, not that this. And we were talking earlier about alignment too, like knowing what's aligned for me and my personality and how I want to grow and knowing what is not aligned. So I think that's where the money can come in with more ease and more simplicity and quicker as well. Um, when you're when you're really making those empowered decisions all along the way. So speaking of the debt, you know, we had part of the debt story was putting it all on a spreadsheet, you know, and all the places where it was hanging out there and like, and Brian did not know about it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was that conversation where I knew so there, there, I've got to get real debt, here. And then there's emotional debt on top of that debt. That's what there I is. call it. There is. I have to say he handled it quite well, but it was messy at first, yeah. for sure. On yeah. both ends, because there's so much, there's a lot of shame yeah. hiding under that. And even though I had some really legitimate reasons, I had not been communicating it because it was in magical thinking, like oh, my business will make up for it. I'll pay this all off with my business. Like, you know, like, I, like he wouldn't know if I was making more money, where did it go Um, to that debt over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was in a bit of magical thinking and it was really, it was a way of, again, avoiding looking at money and avoiding the feelings underneath of it, right? Of like shame, not good enough. And then, so when you have debt and you're not making money like you'd hope you would be, there's a lot of junk under there to deal with. It really can eat away at your self-esteem and your self-worth and you know, just, just create some, some angst in the day to day. So there was some healing to do around that whole period in time too. Now, when you were, sorry, go ahead. I just want want to know, wait, what were you making around that time when you were dealing with that under, under I was under six figures, like 20 K a year. Yeah. So I wasn't like making, (laughs) I was hardly making a dent in it. And even in 20 K it was, we still needed more to run our family. I mean, Brian had a good job and everything, but when you have a child with special needs and you have another one that needs tutors and therapists and you you just do things that insurance won't pay for and you figure it out, you know, you know, one of the, um, one of the things I realized over the years is that, you know, to forgive myself for like money sort of being like the thing that had to give is just reading the statistics that 80% of marriages who have a child with special needs and a divorce. And I completely understand why. Like if Brian and I didn't have a foundation from knowing each other way back, we probably would have been too. We've said that to each other. It's rough. It is rough. Mm. So money was the thing that like, Mm -hmm. if anything was sacrificed and not ignored, money was. Right. And and so that really helped me heal it too. Like if we could be more compassionate with ourselves, if our Mm. money is we want it to be, be compassionate with ourselves. It's not personal. It actually does not say anything about you. It's just a thing. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. having a health issue. It's just, it just is, you know? Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is I thought, okay, soon as I make six figures, which I did in 2017, well, okay, we've got extra money, you know? And I thought, well, we'll get our debt paid off, right? No. We decided to hold on to it a little. We paid a little bit off, you know, I paid off a little strategically, but I wanted to keep investing in me, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. next, the next year was the multiple six figure year. Mm -hmm. And that's when we finally, we waited, we waited and we waited till like the next year I hit 254 the next year. It was like, 
okay, now we know this is here to stay. Now we can, I'm sure we played more in interest. But the flip was when I stopped thinking about it as debt and shame. And it's like, it's just leverage. Business owners use leverage. Business owners use other people's money. And it wasn't all business. Most of it was personal. But just thinking of it as like, that was leverage for us to get through that time period in our life. Thank you all the companies, credit card companies and banks that I borrowed money from. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Thank you. You got me through that period. So I was able to make money myself. Right. And then I don't need you anymore. (laughs) Thank you. So it sounds like it was definitely a real mindset shift for you. It was. And then that helped create this new identity Mm -hmm. of like serious business owner who was going to stick around. Totally. And I, I, I remember telling my accountant, you know, projecting for the next year, like when I had that first six figure year and it was a guy, somebody recommended, you know, he's like, well, what do you project for next year? Okay. You made, you know, $104,000. I'm like 250. And he looked at me like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, well, we need to make you an S corp then. And we need to get, you know, do payroll and act as if, you know, if that's the case, I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. The next year at that meeting, he was like, you did it, girl. <laughs> wow, that's but awesome. I wasn't attached to the goal. And I want to say this is important. I think there can be a lot of trauma around money goals. I certainly had them in the early years of like being super attached. So yeah. I wasn't like, I've got to do this. My self-worth is on the line or yes. if I can't get it, then blah, blah, blah is true. You know, that to be in a place of like, yeah, I'm creating and like not be so attached to timelines. I'll even encourage my clients like, Look at how much you made in 12 months or six months, or it don't worry, stop worrying about the calendar year so much, you know, or yeah. did I make this month? You know, like look at the bigger picture. Are you headed in the right direction? Yeah. You know? So I want to just just put that caveat in. Like there was an unhealthy attachment and self-esteem like attached to those money goals too. And when I let it go and just like, yeah, we're just creating more abundance, more money. I'm going to bring in more team. And so I had places for the money to go as well, you know, and then the next year was when we decided to move to near the beach here in Florida, which was a big life lifestyle upgrade. So again, another why, you know, like, oh, what do we need to, for the house that we want? And, you know, for all the, you know, all the things um, of moving to a different state and everything. Yeah. It feels like just the way you're in, in just the energy, like how I read it is like, There was all this messiness. And as soon as you really faced it and really started owning your power around how you want it to feel, right? Instead of how it had to look. Yes, exactly. Started showing up for you and Mm -hmm. flowing. And then, and one one thing I I say all the time to my clients, which is what I think you're saying in a different way, is that it's it's good to have a goal, but it's about falling in love with the process. Yes. And that's really mm-hmm. true wealth, right? Because mm-hmm. our processes are moments of our life. Right. right. That's so, that is life. And and if you are sacrificing your well-being and your mental health for some some from some number, it will never be worth it because you'll get yeah. there and you'll be exhausted and sick and not even enjoy what you built. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So um I wish we could keep going, but we have to wrap up. But I want to, I want to, I want everyone to know where can they find you? Yes. You know, like all the ways they can connect with you and um, yeah, tell us. 
Oh, sure. Well, you can find me online at simplifytomultiply.com. So simplify, T-O, multiply.com. And I have a freebie there. It's called, it's about daily focus, how to keep it simple. So you'll see that right at the top of my website. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So feel free to friend me or follow me, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear money stories and this conversation, you know, that it's, it's, it's time for us just to be open about talking about money and not have the shame and not have the comparison either. You know, there's two sides to this. We can have these open conversations and we're all learning and growing and expanding. And, you know, the more money that's circulating for those of us who are going to do good things in the world, everybody wins. Yeah. You're just so inspiring. Your story is so inspiring. You're so inspiring as just this, you know, as a mom, as a woman who's doing it and who's doing it in such integrity and in such authenticity. I just, yeah, I just love that you're here. I hope you'll come back. I sure will. And thank you for hosting this conversation. I I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Okay. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. (laughs) 